Hey, before we start today, please rate and review this show. If you're on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to this and you can do that, take the five seconds right now and do that. We are going to give you a Restless sticker and enter you to win one of the books we're giving away. Michael will explain more at the end of the show. Okay, thanks. This is Restless. Welcome back to Restless, a post-mortem on Together for the Gospel. Isn't that right, Pastor Michael? Here we go. If it was the last word, it was uh, the end of an era in so many ways. Or was it the end? That's a question. That's a question that we have, and uh, we're going to be discussing that tonight. And we're not alone. Um, That's I right. don't have a baby right now. And so I know. I'm not saying that there's ba- I will have a baby at some point here, by the way. <laughs> at some point, I'm going to have a baby dropped off but, with me. So, But making up for that baby's absence is Restless's live correspondent on the ground at T4G, the last word. Peter, welcome to Restless. Uh, thank you very much. A uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. That's great. Well, we love long-time listeners, and we love first-time callers. Peter, we uh, I didn't use your last name because we never know what people want us to say about them on the internet, but why don't you tell us and tell the listening world about yourself? Well, I'm certainly not ashamed. My name is Peter Garris, and uh, I am an auctioneer from Columbus, Ohio, and I also um, and am, am an amateur at best uh, theologian and studier of all things theological and gospel related. I am getting my MDiv at Southern Baptist Theological uh, Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky, doing it all online because my daily work uh, takes me all over the country. But uh, great to great to listen to you guys. I actually, found uh, found you guys from the Reformed Brotherhood. I believe you were uh, as one of their either affirmations or denials or something along those lines. And I thought, oh, check this out. I, I hope I hope we were an affirmation. <laughs> I can't I can't promise anything. But, yeah. um, <laughs> I think we I, were because I think I remember it. I think it was when we had first joined uh, yes. the you know Society of Reform Podcasters, and we had I think at that time we had Tony come on and you know tell us about the Reform Brotherhood and and uh, the the uh, you know the society and all that and so. So I, I, I have at least the hope that it was an affirmation. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is. I've always wondered if someone would do like a complete study and put all the affirmations and denials into one like spreadsheet or something so we could go through them all. Cause they're, I think they're, I think they're repeating themselves, but I love, I love, uh, love the brotherhood. Um, uh, I think I'm a supporter of them as well on Patreon, just as I am with you guys. I'd encourage everyone to do that. And I've learned a lot from, uh, from listening and hopefully I can contribute a small amount to today. Yeah, we, hey, we appreciate it. This uh, so earlier today. So on speaking of Patreon, we have a, a Patreon Telegram group that if you give even on the lowest level, uh, which is only three dollars a month to Patreon, you can join the Telegram group. And we've had just like a a rolling, like somewhat. I don't I don't know if I'd call it heated, but like a pretty intense debate about what's going on with the potential, uh, you know, shutting down of Roe versus Wade and all this going on. And uh, just a little while ago, I don't remember when it was, but I sort of you know it's just been going all day with long posts back and forth and. And then Peter just wrote on something like being a leader's hard. We should pray for our leaders. And I just found that so good and just so profound. And so, um, you know, Hey, that's a good reason to be on telegram and you can, you can hang out with Peter. You can hang out with us a little bit. It's a, it's a great, interesting, diverse group there. Peter, we have one question though, before we get to the subject at hand together for the gospel, the end of the YRR as we know it, Peter, would you describe yourself as currently a Baptist? Currently a Baptist? No, I'm not. Oh, I'm not currently a Baptist. Uh, this may, uh, 
I currently attend a uh, a Wesleyan church oh. with, my, with my family. Uh, that's uh, we uh, uh, were invited there ten years ago, and they've served us very well. and And uh, it's uh, brought me to my where I'm at right now. Although I would say that um, though I would reform describe myself obviously uh, on this podcast as reformed um, as in studying uh, Wesleyan and Armenianism. I think there are um, we certainly share more than we than um, we differ on, at least if you would go by the online uh, debates back and forth. So I'm uh, uh, I, I wouldn't say that I was ever I was ever firmly in the Armenian camp. Um, I went to that church and got a lot from it. And then I started studying theology and reading the Bible. And I would say that reading the Bible is a good way to become reformed. But that may be a, a hot take that uh, some people don't appreciate. <laughs> Okay, well, Peter just said he goes to a Wesleyan church, so we have to ask him to leave. Sorry, everyone. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. It sounds like it sounds like we're interviewing the perfect person to talk about being together for the gospel. Yeah, really. really. Yeah, you know, he, I'm li- I'm literally together for the gospel. That's right. He, he is not hidden. I, lo- in I love that, by the way. I really appreciate that. He is not being stuck and hidden in Pastor Michael's Presbyterian bunker where. Where the the divergence of disagreement is allowed is Romans 11. Outside of that, there has to be total uniformity. So, Peter, we're so thankful. I think this will be a, a interesting conversation, especially as we, uh, you know, having previewed this conference, knowing it was coming, wondering for the right way to talk about it afterwards. But we're glad you're here. So, uh, yeah, fill our listeners in who who may not be familiar with the conference or and what happened and why last week was particularly significant. Yeah, so I have been following many of the pastors that uh, and speakers that were at Together for the Gospel, and like many of you, you know, Mark Dever and Ligon Duncan, John Piper, and so over during the pandemic, as part of my coursework, I was able, very fortunate, to take a class with Albert Moeller on preaching, and one of his final words to us was, if there are pastors and preachers and folks that you admire or, or want to hear from, you should go hear them in person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially if you, if you like their style and their delivery, uh, their theology being important as well, but as you perfect your own abilities, you should go see them in person. And I took that very much uh, to heart as an auctioneer and someone that's on the microphone myself. I appreciate what it takes to do that actually communicate in that way. So I thought, you know, I want to do this. And so when the, when they announced together for the gospel, the last time I thought, well, certainly there'll be other opportunities to see all these men, but there may not be an opportunity to see them all together. And so I said, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to this and, and see this uh, really this. And this was my first, um, first big Eva conference. Wow. So never, never been to anything, never been to like the, the gospel coalition or um, things like that. So this was my first one and it was, um, it was quite an experience. I'm, I, I, I really don't think, I don't know what I was expecting, but I was, I was somewhat overwhelmed. Wow. Is there a particular preacher there who's, who's preaching you uh, were looking forward to and developing your own gifts in that direction? I really like a Mark Dever. Um, I like he has a um, formula for preaching where he tries to um, target all the various folks that will be in the congregation, or at least he anticipates being in the congregation. I'm going to, I'm probably wrong about this. I believe he was the only, only speaker that actually asked if, if you were not a Christian while <laughs> he was there, 
which I think I, I and maybe someone else did. And I, and, and if I, if I missed that and someone else, I apologize, but I just remember that's one of his, that's one of his criteria and every single um, sermon that he does is, you know, give the invitation and yeah. bring that up. And he, and he did. And I was like, wow, yeah, this is why not? Huh. Of course. Yes. Yeah. You should. Yeah. Just because there's a bunch of people that claim to be Christians here doesn't mean that they all are. And so I was really, I really wanted to hear him now, none of the, now the one thing he also said, and I think he would say this if he were with us tonight, that they, that the sermons that were given were not, you know, necessarily um, what they would give on a Sunday right? in their pulpit. They were topical. They were, um, you know, various topics. They weren't, they weren't trying to exposit a specific, um, you know, verse or, or chapter or anything like that, but they were the, the you know, but and he, he did it. And that's why I really appreciate that. They had a lot of other uh, great um, speakers as well that I'd never heard of. And that, and admittedly, that's what he said he wanted to do. Um, uh, Mark Dever, when he, when he had the, had the conference was he wanted to use the big names to bring, um, to bring you to there, but then expose you to some some folks that you had that you had not heard before and so there was a number that i had never heard of didn't know didn't particularly know of i guess maybe i'd heard of a few of them but uh, a gentleman from africa that i I'd, I'd never heard of um just some great really great messages so that was mm. that was a lot of it, and it was a lot of a lot of fun i will say yeah. that as well um, which i think it's okay for us to do even in presbyterian circles uh to have a lot of fun so it, it was good we that's what that's what we're here to do for the presbyterians indeed um <laughs> Michael, it sounds like Mark Dever is probably a pretty good Baptist preacher that way with that that style of preaching, right? Oh yeah, um, well, and I love I've 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 really appreciated Dever uh, as well. It's been a lot, quite a while, I think, since I've listened to him uh, much, but but uh, that's really good. And I love hearing I love hearing the uh, you know desire to uh, bring on some of the little guys. Um, yeah. So that, you know, can I say one oh, thing about that? Yeah. Um, and we might get into this more, but actually the guy I met with who went, he actually said the really surprise standouts were these guys he'd never heard of. He mentioned mm. uh, this really faithful pastor from Africa and a few of these other men. He said, he said that was really the, he felt like was the, uh, the standouts. And so just before we go on, uh, just so everyone here knows together for the gospel uh, was formed um, by these big names, Mark Dever, Ligon Duncan, CJ Mahaney. Obviously he is, he is gone out of the, out of he's blacklisted i guess we should put it we can put it that way for better or for worse and albert moeller in 2006 trying to um show unity around the things that mattered most and you know bring together men uh and women uh who are interested in these things and obviously our interest in it is this became a center of new calvinism um and so this conference has is like was the you know has been kind of the thing uh as after passion um and so for the the young restless and reformed and so i heard this described once as a kind of mecca it's like you know you make your hodge once a year it's like or once every what do they do it every three years how do they do it it was every other year every other year so every other year you make you know you make your pilgrimage and everybody gets together and and it's kind of a big you know high holy day in a sense um, and so I don't know, Peter, how, you know, having been there, you know, I've never been to this particular conference. I've been to, you know, a number of, of conferences, not surprisingly, because I co-host a podcast about new Calvinist circles. I don't think I've been to any of the big new Calvinist like conferences. <laughs> so 
<laughs> so funny enough. Uh, but like, you know, as far as that goes, as far as, you know, can you, have you been to any other, you know, maybe larger uh, church type conferences or gatherings uh, that you'd compare it to, or how would you contrast it from other things you've been a part of? Well, I, you know, I've been a part of a lot of professional development uh, conferences and uh, things of that nature. I can't say I've ever been to a uh, church conference of this size or really of any size, uh, honestly. How many people were there? Boy, I think I think they were saying somewhere like eleven or twelve thousand. Wow, I, I yeah, believe it was over ten thousand for wow. sure. I, I heard uh, one and one time I heard someone say eleven and then maybe twelve. So certainly, certainly ten thousand plus. One of the things that was was kind of cool is. The way, the way uh, I guess maybe this is the way his standard, but the way he, Mark Dever started it is he asked various groups of people to stand up. You know, if you're pastoring a small church, a medium church, a large church, you know, if you're, you know, all these various things stand up just to get, just to sort of break the ice. And he, he said, if you're, if you're here alone, stand up. Well, I was there alone. So I stood up. There were very few people that were there alone. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty mm-hmm. cool because a bunch of people, pastors and other folks sought me out over the wow. course of the, of the three days to, you know, fellowship and just, just saw me out, which was, which was great because yeah. I, you know, really wasn't there, but there, there was um, some folks that I did know that were going from other churches, actually another auctioneer that I know was coming from his church. And um, the, a, a lot of folks were there in large groups from their church. Mm-hmm. So it was either their elder board or, um, you know, maybe a, some other study group or things. So there was a lot of large church groups there which was which was cool to see wow so you mentioned it was overwhelming what is what was what was overwhelming about uh this um this this big eva pageant and uh (laughs) preaching showdown the first thing that was overwhelming was uh there was two levels of the convention center the top level was where the conference was or where the the seminar or the sessions were and then that maybe the i would lack for a better term trade show exhibit area the lower level the ground level was the bookstore and the bookstore was i don't know how many thousand square feet of all these christian publishers with every book they currently have in print and so wow i've certainly been to christian bookstores although at least in my experience most of them are a lot, lot bigger selling candles and other yep. <laughs> things that aren't, aren't quite as interesting. All to the me. all the holy trinkets, right? Uh, and so it was pretty awesome to see just every single Christian publisher, all of their current titles ready to go, ready for sale, uh, and uh, could ship home for you too. So that was, I that's where I first walked into when I first got there, and I was just like, I love books. That's one thing my um, thankful my father instilled in me was a love of books. And so I was like, okay, well, I have to control myself here. We've got to pace ourselves. We can't, we can't, um, uh, can't get overwhelmed here. And then the next overwhelming thing for me was the way that they, they uh, give back to everyone that attends is every session you get at least one book. So you walk into the, um, um, the, the hall and there's these big pallets, pallet after pallet after pallet of this, these titles that you're going to have. Uh, given to you and so that was over the course of the three days you accumulate a a pretty remarkable uh, stack of books wow so it's pretty important that they have shipping (laughs) available for you yeah and i had heard beforehand uh, from someone that if you go to this thing you need to take a empty suitcase 
that the, the, yeah. the pros and you could tell the professionals, you could tell the 4G professionals, they were rolling in with empty suitcases to the oh, event. Man. They were, they were prepared. And I, I saw them and I was like, Hmm, you've been here before. This is uh, this is not your first rodeo. Wow. That's amazing. Um, as we've mentioned before, if you are a person who runs big Eva conferences like this and can answer to me who bought all these books that Peter was so graciously blessed with, we'd like to talk to you. Also, uh, Christian candle, uh, salespeople, you know, we love you. Love to have you on the show as well. I'm sure that would be an interesting conversation. So it sounds like, you know, the, uh, the guy I know who was there, he said the big highlights for him were all the books he got. And then, um, and then the, uh, the musical worship, uh, before we ask you a few specific questions about some things you've kind of already told us that we found really interesting, uh, what, what for you, uh, maybe you've already covered, but what were your highlights from being there that week? The, the singing was, was definitely a highlight. Uh, I grew up in a church that very traditional hymns, um, go to a little more contemporary, uh, uh, church service now so it was great to kind of get back to my roots there with the the hymns and it is um that was that was special that that really was uh just a single piano and then eleven thousand people singing and that that was that was cool so a lot of a lot of good old hymns very recognizable but then then some newer ones and and you know i, I would say if 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 you had to if i had to say one thing that i would that I would go back for just for that. I, I would go back just for the, the three days worth of singing. I wow. talked to our, talked to our church uh, small group that uh, actually came home, actually left uh, just a little bit early from the conference. So I could be home in time to help lead our small group. And, and I just said that that corporate singing was, was probably the most thing I'll, I'll remember. I'll remember the longest. Yeah. There's something it, I can imagine it, having that, you know, uh, that amount of voices gathered together, especially if it's, primarily voices that i mean there's just i mean where else do you get that i guess you know where, where else do you find that i spe- you know and you really just don't maybe maybe singing like the national anthem in a big stadium or something and that's the closest that you could ever get and you know here obviously there's something much more uh meaningful about it so yeah i was going to say that i will guess they typically if it's like previous years they release this music um after the fact they record it yeah, I hope they do. I mean, it, it, it would be, I would, I would buy that um, just to sort of re remember that because that was, that was very special, uh, very special time. So yeah. Any other highlights? Um, I think, I think the, 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 um, the African um, uh, pastor, and I'm going to pull up his name here. So I, uh, Christian uh, Lawanda, L-W-A-N-D-A. Uh, he, um, he really brought it and it was, it was phenomenal. His message was, was great. Um, also I, I always enjoy, enjoy Alistair Begg. Um, I, I just, his, his, um, his style was, was, was great, but, but really those, um, that, that gentleman and the, the panel discussions were, were nice as well. They, they tackled some, you know, some tough stuff. They tackled, uh, talked about CRT and, um, talked about missions. Uh, missions were a big, a big piece of it, which was which was refreshing. Uh, I think we're you know it's easy to to talk about a lot of political stuff, but um, we're we're not commanded, I don't think, in the Bible to talk politics very often, if ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and during the conference, what I heard 
people talking about, yep, we're exactly these panels, Kevin DeYoung on critical race theory. And then I'm not sure who was on the missions one, but that was the other one I was told I should go. uh, I should check out the recording of. Yeah, it was good. Kevin DeYoung and um, uh, they, they had a very good panel discussion. Um, The um, uh, Bobby Scott was the other gentleman on there. And, you know, he, he convicted me with a really powerful statement. Uh, He is not, uh, you know, supporter of critical race theory though he is he he doesn't he would certainly probably be someone who would say that it is not a it is not um as he kept saying it's a legal theory which it is i I would say that kevin DeYoung and many others would say that it has crept beyond the legal theory so they can they can debate that i'm not probably qualified to talk about that but but bobby scott had a very good point and that was he was born in uh, 1964 and said he was a first generation to be born with the full rights of an American citizen, which mm. I, I really fully hadn't considered that. And that was, mm. that was pretty powerful to, to hear that. So, All right. Well, Pastor Michael, we obviously want every guest to feel welcome here on Restless, but I think it's time for me to start asking some more of the, the hard hitting questions here. Um, Let's do it. It's what you're here for, Peter. As an auctioneer, good. you know, you know what yeah, pressure's that, like a little bit, right? Oh, yeah. So obviously it's no surprise here that restless is in general, pretty suspicious, or as the kids say, sus of, of, uh, of a lot of what goes by conference Christianity. Not that we, not that I would listen to any of these sermons and go, Oh, that's problematic. But the, um, the, the, the entire milieu of what it means to be a disciple. Um, however, I want to um, give you a chance Peter, to to tell us what is, I mean, you were there, we weren't there. Um, uh, what what do you, in your mind? What is the let's call it the right use, right? You know, the scripture is we exist in a world where we operate. Uh, yeah, in the world, right? We have to live, we have to exist in reality as it actually exists, right? These contra- these conferences exist, and they're helpful for many people, but. How would you explain what you think the right use, the the proper place these kinds of conferences have? I think the the right use for them is always going to be to rejuvenate the pastor, rejuvenate church leaders, um, rejuvenate folks that that need lifted up mm-hmm. or that need their need their batteries recharged. Um, certainly, uh, we it is it is biblical to take a sabbatical, whether that's we're obviously commanded on a weekly basis to do that. I think I think there's a fair amount of biblical support for um, more regular pausing, and while I don't think three days in Louisville, Kentucky, um, really counts as a sabbatical, <laughs> that may be all some folks can can do, mm. and and so I, th- I I think that's a that's a that's a way to do that, and and do it in an environment where um, it, it is a sa- safer environment. I mean, there's you can get into you can fall in the trap of sin anywhere so that's not a not to say that, that going to one of these things is somehow a, a guardrail but you certainly certainly it would be doing going it going to there for the right reason so i think that would be a a good use for it i think it would be a good use as well for to go hear very good preachers who have mm-hmm. dedicated their life to perfecting their craft and you could pick things up for them so i think those are those would be a couple couple positive uses i i don't I'm a big believer in subsidiarity. So the closer we get to the family and the, and the basic unit, um, the better. And so the further, uh, the closer we get to the local church, the better. So this is pretty far away from the local church. 
it's not even a denomination. It's, you know, it's a group of, of, of folks. And so I think it should be used sparingly. Uh, but I, I do think it has it has a place for that. I question I question how effective we can be really debating some of the big the bigger issues. Mm. Yeah, I, I I don't know if and I and I know why they did it, but and and I gained a little bit from it. But I'm not sure a, a half hour panel is really going to right solve a lot, especially on a on this na- you know this kind of national scale. Now, I. I'll, I'll give Michael a chance to pick up his baby and then he can, he can ask or give his comments on this. I do think it is, I would guess part of what motivated the, um, the panels and maybe they said this out loud and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, Peter. Um, I would guess part of what motivated the panels is the obvious fracturing in those who have been associated with together for the gospel over all kinds of different issues, political, you know, theological, um, in general um and that this was you know part of like hey let's let's leave it on showing how you can have these conversations i I would guess is was part of what motivated that absolutely correct there was a lot of the in the the critical race theory panel that was the only thing that probably they could agree on which was this is the way we should have you know brothers and sisters getting together and talking civilly um, giving each other grace and the benefit of the doubt, uh, have these conversations. That's probably, that's probably all they could, they could agree on. Yeah. And someday, someday, Michael, I'm going to argue with someone that maybe the reformers model of arguing was maybe, maybe appropriate sometimes. The, the only question I have is Michael and I were, we were discussing in a meeting today, at Romans 11. And, and I will say, if we disagreed more sharply then T4G was willing to over critical race theory, there is something wrong. Cause I, I at no point felt threatened by him or, or the, the, the fracturing of our, probably cause it's local, as you were mentioning, Peter, probably cause it's local in that. Even, even though I did at times say you're arguing like a Baptist or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Michael, what do you, what, any, any questions on this or any thoughts as you were hearing Peter talk about maybe the proper place for these? Yeah, well, um, you will probably hear a baby feeding in the background because he's very loud while he's drinking from a bottle. Um, but, uh, you know, I was so, you know, obviously, um, you know, we can get into why exactly they decided to bring this to an end. You know, why? Mm, why is good. it that they decided to do that? But um, I can't help but think, you know, and a lot of us, I think, have thought that one of the reasons is because of this continued fracturing. Um, where it just doesn't seem actually like you can um, do the same thing that when they started, it seemed like with the new Calvinist movement, hey, we are, although we're obviously way different, all of us, hey, we can do this. But even you see that on the kind of, you know, leadership level uh, with everything that went down with CJ Mahaney, it's like, oh, even, you know, even this is a little bit um, like, how, how do you maintain this, uh, this ideal um across these different, you know, denominational confessional bounds. And so I, I just assume that that's one of the reasons why uh, it, they decided we have to bring it to an end anyway. And so that ties into um, this idea of the fracturing then because of social issues, CRT, any of those sorts of things. Especially when it's not like a one-off conversation, a personal friendship, right? It is a long-term uh, ministry, you know, partnership. Michael, do you have any thoughts about um, the 
the proper place, if at all, for these kinds of large, these large scale national conglomerations uh, uh, and ministries? Um, so, you know, I am, uh, I am almost every day more and more, I, I find these things more and more suspect and I, and I am less and less clear on their value. Um, let's put it that way. I, I have seen benefit, right? Like I've benefited from going to um, conferences like this before. Um, I, in, there's part of me that still, maybe it's because I like, you know, I mean, evangelicalism is in my blood, right? I'm not, you know, as much as I, I, uh, we joke around about me being a dour, hardcore Presbyterian. The reality is I'm not at all, <laughs> right? Like the, the hardcore Presbyterians uh, probably would, would think that I'm pretty weak sauce on most things. Um, but like, I, I, uh, you know, I, I, there's like, I want to see the value in it. I want to see the value in like, you know, groups of people, especially from across these denominational and confessional bounds coming together around the, you know, kind of the ideal of the gospel. Um, and yet, uh, like, and like you said, I think that there, you see benefit of that on a smaller level, right? So, um, you know, so uh, you see that there can be significant benefit of that. Um, maybe, you know, even here, here we have a picture of it, right? So Matt and I are both in a Presbyterian church. Here's Peter, he's in a Wesleyan church. And we're having a discussion about, you know, kind of what is generally Baptistic evangelicalism, um, you know, and new Calvinism. And, uh, you know, hey, this is great. You know, like this is fun. It's enjoyable. Um, I think we'll probably all uh, be edified from it in some way. Um, <laughs> but when you try to do that on this level of celebrity at, kind of entertainment culture um, conferences in themselves, I think uh, just, you know, again, I, I, I don't want to say they're wrong and I don't necessarily think they're wrong. I, I want to think of a way that they can work. And I, I like the idea of them. I mean, we did a, there was a local conference around here for kind of, you know, um, farming uh, and kind of homeschooling uh, Wendell Berry type, uh, you know, both uh, Protestants, and Catholics. It was basically like, it was mostly like Catholic and is a Catholic and a Lutheran guy put it on. Uh, but then, you know, kind of more general Protestantism too uh, came and were a part of it. And it was really great. You know, like this was a, it was a great little conference. It was people from kind of all over the, the region, not necessarily just in lacrosse. Um, and I really enjoyed this. Um, but again, it's like it, it was small enough that it still allowed a lot of very organic connection to people um, that can, you know, with relationships that, that can be maintained. And when it comes to um, this kind of disconnected uh, conferences where you go and you just go, I, I loved hearing, by the way, that most people that went, went as churches, right. Oh, or cool. like, as like big groups. I think that sounds fantastic. Um, there's, there's something that I, I, I think that that can kind of maybe hedge some of the problems I'm talking about that I think are inherent in the system. Um, and so anyway, at this point, I'm just ranting with a baby. Uh, but I, I just I can't I can't bring myself. Maybe it's the nuance in me. I can't bring myself to fully condemn it as like there's no point to it. But being the kind of uh, entertainment driven uh, celebrity driven culture that we're in, um, these things seem just inherently to be that right they they're just it's an extension of that 
this is a great time to shout out the Restless merch store, which will soon be carrying a shirt that just says Nuance. It's, it's carrying and it right now. It's, it's live. Car- yeah, so and, this shirt is live. It just says I, Nuance. <laughs> and I may force Pastor Michael to give one away to a listener every time he chooses Nuance. <laughs> um, but I actually think the other thing Peter modeled really well in going into one of these conference settings, and I think it's the true when you enter kind of any of these sort of we might call them secondary institutions, right? If the church is the primary, right, the essential thing, these secondary institutions like seminary, conferences, um, you know, these uh, secondary missions organizations or action groups, um, you know, whether they of any kind, going with it, you having a very specific purpose of why you're going, right? So you understand um, what uh, the, what my, what I'm going there for, right? So when Peter says I'm going as, I'm going as an inspiring and growing preacher and I'm going there to learn and consider it. I think that it is something that allows it uh, having any kind of just thought through purpose on these kinds of things allows them not to be begin to become bigger than they are. I, I would definitely, I think that's spot on Michael. I think you're, you're absolutely right there. The, 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 the opportunity for um, mischief, only increases if you're going there just someone said i should just go mm. you just, just go you, you need to go why i don't know just go I, that that I, th- I agree you know but if we're going hey this is our this is our el- the group of elders we're going to go or this is a group uh, sunday school class we're going to go and then we'll come back and talk about it yeah we got a purpose we got a we got a plan and, and i think any of these things can like everything in our lives can become an idol yeah that's a a good point, Peter. So let's, I got a, we have a few more questions and we don't want to keep you all night, but so at the conference, you know, obviously it was a big deal that this was the last one. So what is the, what's the reasoning behind, as they were talking about it there, the end of T4G? You know, I don't know that there was an explicit reason given. I I think the underlying reason we've already talked about was there was, there's just too much I think that the, the, I sort of gathered from Mark uh, Dever and Ligon Duncan, who were the only two remaining. So Albert Moeller, even though it was in Louisville, stepped right. aside, stepped back. And I don't know whether he had stepped back last year as he was trying, as he was trying to run for the president of the SBC. Uh, he didn't get that, but I don't know if that was factored into that. I'm not really sure um, what uh, he was very supportive of it. I actually went to a, a lecture that he gave or a, a panel he was on at the seminary the day before. So certainly very in the um, supportive of it. And Southern Baptist um, Theological Cemetery had a seminary, not cemetery, seminary had a very unintentional large yeah. sick burn, unintentional yeah. sick burn. <laughs> had, had a very large booth and was a big sponsor of, of the, of the proceedings. So I think, I think the, I think one, one issue was there just, we had run out of energy mm. for that. Um, you know, Mark Dever's got other things he's doing. Obviously, Lincoln Duncan is very involved in uh, RTS. So, you know, in, in, and if Al Moeller's not part of it, we may have just run out of run out of energy to keep to keep going. Yep, yep. Definite shout out to the king of RTS, as I call him, uh, as he is the chancellor of all the campuses. Uh, I, yeah, I think that. I mean, let's be real. Like when you think about the men that this is around, obviously, we've already mentioned the fracturing. But even just the reality of they're all pretty old now, (laughs) you know, this is, this is, 
you know, 18 years or whatever later when they started doing this, this, they are, this is, they're not spring chickens, right? You know, maybe they can still buy ripe bananas, but you know, there's, they have a lot of other things going on. They have, they have moved into the positions of evangelicalism that they whether I don't, and I don't mean this in a negative way, they were aspiring to when they started this, right? This is, um, this is, yeah, this is past in, in those ways. So, and, but what's strange about it, this is what I find interesting, right? That there is a, a decreased, they have a decreased energy for it. Obviously the audience is still there in force, right? 12,000 people were there. Um, and yeah, obviously that number is going to be, yeah. And there's going to be numbers that are up because they said this is the last one, right? But there are still thousands of people that want to come to this every two years. Yeah, I, I, I sat next to a, a delightful uh, uh, lady that was there uh, with her church and was talking to her about it. And she was she was ready to go for another 16 years. I mean, she was she was ready and she'd been to I don't know when she started going, but she loved it. And, you know, and, and I I described it to someone. I said, if you love going to church, which I think all of us do. It's going to church for three days. If, if you just step back and take it at its just basic level, we sing three, three hymns, have a great message, sing three more, get up, go have something to eat, come back and do it again. And so that's, you know, just at that level, that's pretty awesome. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to Baptist church for three, <laughs> for three days straight. Uh, yeah. We, uh, we have a lot we got a little bit more complicated stuff going on with. Well, uh, I, yeah, I apologize. With, yes. No, no, it's okay. It's it's great. We love it, and we're gonna give you a. It's our job to uh, give you a bit of a get a give you a bit of a hard time when it's when that comes around. I think that that no, it obviously does sound great. <laughs> you know, there's there's a lot of great about that. The the other thing you mentioned in one of our chats that um, we gave them um, a lot of credit when they announced this was the end because because of these machines that are created the jobs the i mean the sponsors right and again and again all in the i mean this all in the best way i don't necessarily mean that there's literally a nefarious person uh trying to run christian conferences for you know pure filthy lucre um but it's hard to shut like any ministry of any kind it's hard to say "Ah, it's time to shut this down right and so we thought it was pretty, pretty. Uh, uh, it's very commendable, right? Yeah, it's, it's very, very commendable, commendable to be like, yeah, we're we're shutting this thing down for, yeah. you know. So you mentioned that they made some kind of an announcement that actually maybe it's more or less, maybe morphing in form. I don't, I, I don't know. I want to let you describe sure. it. Uh, so, and I believe this is Mark Dever's project as well. It's called the Cross Conference. It's been around for. Um, a while I know it's just not new but it was a big and, and may, maybe it is at every single T4G I, like I said it only been to one but it was a major theme of this T4G was that the cross conference was something um, uh, to go to and the cross conference is only for uh, young uh, Christian leaders I think 22 24 years old is sort of the cutoff and their leaders so Obviously, a, a youth pastor or somebody might bring a group, and it's very mission-related, missions-focused, and so they did spend a fair amount of time talking about that, and there were a lot of, I noticed a lot of the similar speakers. John Piper is a speaker. 
And obviously, I, I believe it's Mark, one of Mark Dever's projects. I'm not sure exactly what he's involved with, but I know he's very involved. I know that the cross-conference in January, I think it was this last January, had the same um, podium and mm. stage decorations. So they just, they, they used, they used the, same, the same setup because uh, they had pictures of it on there. I was like, oh, that's the same, that's the same stuff. That's cool. Uh, yeah, so, they're just, you know, they're just being thrifty. You know what I mean? Right. That's, uh, that's great. Can't blame them. And if and, and I and I just and I was again that's not not to throw any disparagement. It's listen if if the young generation um, is committed to missions, then then you know that's glory to God on that. That's what that would be great. But if you look back sixteen years, um, how old I would have been and how old you would have been, we would have been at the cross conference. So tell me, what were those ages again? I, I missed that. So I, I've, it is, I would say, high school through 22, 24. I, they mentioned it, and I, and I apologize. Yeah. I don't know what the date was, but it was early 20s. Wow, yeah. So, so again, 16 years ago, um, I would have been in my early 20s. Um, yeah. yeah. Someone would have been a little bit younger, but it, it just it feels like it's the, the next, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to, what happens when those, 18 19 and 20 year olds become 30 right do we have do we have the next do we have another uh, it probably won't be mark dever at that point or lincoln duncan it'll be someone else but um you know will, will they will they demand or want another conference um, wow. or, or will one be crafted for them to sell them books and thankfully no candles there were no candles for sale it was just books they are rebooting the yrr i think yeah. i think that is the only and again we have a a great gratitude for the YRR, but that's, that's what it sounds like. Right. And so it's, you know, it's not that like, you know, originally when you had mentioned this, I was like, Oh man, they're just renaming this thing so that they can uh, keep it going. But no, I, I mean, I think that they are Mark Dever at least, you know, and he was one of the younger, right. Of these men, right. He's on the younger side of, of them all uh, is, is ready uh, to, to try and reboot the YRR, which likely comes with all the regular commendations we gave it and probably the same concerns probably once again. And so I just, I just found it a fascinating uh, uh, thing occurring uh, that you brought up. Not yeah, Is it, I mean, is there a concern that, you know, um, once, once you just get into that conference machine, right? Like once you're involved, you know, are you just never going to want to let it go? Kind of similar to where you get these, you know, uh, extremely old rock stars and they're like, hey, I'm going to come back and do a tour of my greatest hits or those sorts of things. And it's like, well, it's really not working anymore, but it's like, we got to keep this going. You know, we got to keep moving on with it. Or like, you know, later in life, you're kind of running out of money and you're like, well, we better boot this back up so that, you know, we can make it. Obviously, I don't think that's this case, but but I do think oh. there's something too that hey, once we've started this thing, you know, we really can't, we can't end it. My hope is I've listened to uh, you, you guys talk a lot about this, and listened to the rise and fall of Mars and fall of Mars Hill, and watched some of these folks. I I hope that whatever the next movement looks like, that um, all of the celebrities of it, such that they are, uh, I think a good test is going to be: are they un, are they under this? under some are they submissive to some group whether it's a you know board of elders or you know in your case a presbytery or what 
it, you know, because that, that to me, as I've, as we've watched a lot of these folks fall, that is the common theme that, that yeah. there is, that they are, they are not submissive to anyone yeah. in, in their, in their pastorate. So I hope, you know, hopefully if cross conference is the next deal, that, that part of the, in addition to the missions focus, we focus a lot on uh, ecclesiology and uh, good church governance, whatever that looks like for you. Hmm. Yeah. I, it seems to me that the, the concern grows um, when you talk about like, you know, being under, being under authority. One of the reasons that a, a more local or uh, at least a smaller scale. And there's just, I, I think there's something to be said just about the fact that as people, we are, we are small and we're like, there's just uh, our normal lives are never really. Um, I want to be careful in how I say this. I want to be nuanced in how I say this. Uh, it's, there are very few situations in which, um, you know, it should be you connected to untold, you know, thousands of people. There are very few reasons why I think that can be uh, helpful or beneficial. I think sometimes it's necessary. Sometimes it is beneficial and good. I just, for the most part, the average way that we live, the average way we connect with people, the average way you can have friendships or, or close connections, it just, it can't be a lot of people. Um, but once you get to this point where even if say you have a presbytery that you're under, you have an elder board or something like that, when you're speaking to and are adored by, loved by, you know, uh, tens of thousands of people across the country, and you can go and speak at conferences whenever you want, um, there comes a, po- a point when, you know, that authority that is over you um, is, it is easy to walk away from. And that doesn't mean that what you're doing is wrong. I don't, I'm not saying that, um, but it does, it makes the potential temptation more, uh, it, it comes easier, you know, like it, it just, it leaves room for temptation in a way where, you know, it's just not that easy if, you know, you're in a position where that authority will much more directly affect you. Now, this is in general, right, as our communities have broken down, um, just generally in Western society, that's just true of most things, right? Like most authority doesn't really matter because there's no, there's not really any consequences that anybody can do to you. There's no social ostracization that really matters. Church discipline, obviously, well, I'll just go to a different church. You know, it doesn't really matter to a lot of people, but I just wonder if that, you know, that same kind of effect can then happen as, as you think about how somebody who has this really tremendous reach all of a sudden has these opportunities that would maybe more easily draw them away from uh, the authority that they're under on a local level. Yes. Is the and, wrestle- Oh, go ahead, Peter. Well, no, and I, I was just trying to find it in my notes. I, we have this great notebook they give you when you go to uh, the last word, but I believe it was Sinclair Ferguson and, and, I, and someone else, I just can't find it in my notes here, said something to the effect of, and maybe not an ex- exact relationship to this, but if you are, um, um, if there is a lot of uh, uh, affection, was it not affection, if there was a lot of um adulation versus affection if people are if people are fawning all over you versus really caring about you that's mm-hmm. that's when your ministry is going to be in in peril mm-hmm. um, and that this, it's when people really care about you that that you're you're okay if they're just fawning all over you and and uh, providing all this level of affection or not affection but you know, adulation that that's that's when there's going to be uh, going to be problems and, and restless listeners, don't worry. Pastor Michael is not yet out of control. This podcast can keep growing for a while. That's before right. Before that happens, um, wait till the restless conference comes. Okay. And <laughs> we, we've 
we recently had someone come on simply to tell me I was wrong. So we love you. We love everyone. Uh, Peter, before we uh, head out here, is there, um, yeah, what is the, what's the last word on T4G from you? Is there any, um, any other, any other section you'd encourage people to, uh, to look at or any, anything we haven't asked you about simply because we are, uh, we aren't something we weren't aware of that w- would be great for the, our listeners to hear about. I, I would just encourage if, you know, if you want some good pe- preaching, go, go on the T4G um, website. I'm not promoting it, but, and listen to the, listen to the, the names on there that you don't recognize. Mm. I think, I think you will, you'll benefit. We only have, obviously each one of us only have so many, uh, so much time in the day and so much time in the week. Um, but I would, um, while they're all good sermons, uh, there's some particularly good ones that I think uh, you'll be edified by. And, and I have a sort of a theory about um, one of the, the, the faults in reformed um, uh, reformed uh, theology. And that is we put such a, let's go. I love it. Yeah. We put such a, we put such an emphasis on the preaching of the word. Mm. I'm in complete agreement with yes, do it in season, out of season. Let's get after it. But because we put so much emphasis on it, those individuals that can do it well, we promote and we mm-hmm. encourage and we and we lift up because we say, well, listen, this is what we want to do. We want to be better at this. And so if there, you know, there is there is no perfect theology um, this side of this side of heaven, in my belief, there's the best we can get in our sinful fallen world. But if if there's if there is one, um, you know thing that's in that's in the reformed world that i think is is we have to constantly be be watching for is that celebrity status is mm-hmm. taking up taking the pastor um that is really good promoting him promoting him promoting him and then putting him on these big platforms and to to pastor michael's point no man can can withstand that maybe for a season they can but for a lifetime of of public ministry that is a that is very difficult and i and i would even look to the great reformers and you can see them in their later years start to struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, Luther, you know, toward, I mean, he, you know, in his later life said some, uh, wrote, I guess, some things that, you know, frankly, we would find abhorrent today. Um, Calvin in some of his, uh, the way he dealt with, uh, folks he disagreed with, I, I don't think we would, we would endorse uh, that today. And so it's, it's very difficult for one man to, to do that. And so, uh, if there's one thing that we always have to be careful for, careful of, and and that and it's baked into the cake, we love preaching, but mm. there's more to the Christian life than preaching, and so we've got to have the whole of it. And those those individuals that just get promoted, promoted, promoted because they're very good preachers, we we just have to just proceed with caution, in my opinion. With, without a doubt, that is a great point about being a Christian and being a pastor, that there is more to preaching in the role. Um, another, another time we can, uh, we can, we can debate the reformers and their, their uh, basedness or their issues. <laughs> um, I, I should perhaps as we leave, as we, as we started with the books right now, T4G is having a 
close out sale on all the books they did not give away. Um, but I will wow. warn you, at least price check them against Amazon because some are still lower. But Peter, I think that was a great place to leave it. Thank you for spending some time with Restless tonight. Uh, thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Restless. It was great having Peter on. Pastor Michael, we need some ratings and reviews, don't we? Yes, we do. Our uh, our ratings have slowed. They've just, you know, it's we, we've really stopped pushing it for quite a while, actually. But there's still plenty of you that listen to us every week who have not rated or reviewed the show. And so we want you to go and do that. Go and rate and review on iTunes, especially, uh, or wherever else. Yeah, so we have... Uh, we have uh, tons of restless stickers that we want to give away so number one if you rate and review the show and you email us at uh, restlesspodcasting at gmail.com we will send you a sticker and every month now from here on out as long as we remember to do it um, every month we're going to be sending out a book to a random reviewer or uh you know somebody who rates or reviews anywhere anywhere that they listen to the podcast and uh, make sure that we know that you did it. You have to tag us on social media or send us a picture of it or something, a screenshot, and then we will send you uh, for sure a sticker and maybe a book. So make sure that you do that and maybe you'll win.